on November 28th, 2020, um, the actor, bodybuilder, and children's safety champion, David Prowse, MBE, uh, died at age 85. Now, who was Dave Prowse? So if you're uninitiated, um, Dave Prowse uh, is probably best known for his work uh, as Darth Vader, as the original Darth Vader. He was the man in the suit. Uh, he was the one who gave the character its presence, um, you know, all the mannerisms and all, everything that basically subsequent actors uh, in the other subsequent films would try to mimic. So Hayden Christensen would try to mimic, you know, the the Darth Vader actors in Rogue One would try to mimic his movements and stuff because it was just, it became so iconic. He was a, well, he was also a weightlifting champion. He was three times, I think, uh, weightlifting champion in England, British heavyweight uh, weightlifting champion. Um, I think he, I think he even repped um, England uh, or, or the UK rather in the Commonwealth Games um, back in the sixties. Um, he was famous for being the Green Cross Codeman, which is something that, that we had us Brits had uh, in the eighties. And I, I guess maybe in the seventies, but definitely the eighties, because I remember seeing him on TV, and he would teach children a bit like a superhero. And he had like a, later on, I think he had a um, a sidekick, like an R two D two style sidekick as well, and he would teach children how to cross the road. Basically, he would say, you know, look left, look right, and listen for noises, and yada yada. And he had that famous um, white and green outfit. He also was a, I mean, he was a accomplished actor as well. He, he'd played, he'd done a lot of sort of creature stuff, I think, which is what led to him getting the job as Darth Vader. Even though originally he was up, I believe, for doing Chewbacca. But he, uh, I can't remember how it came about, but he basically, I think he, he turned it down. Um, he turned it down because he was six foot six. You've got to remember back then he was, he was huge. He was gigantic. And uh, in fact, Peter Mayhew, um, who also passed, sadly passed away a couple of years ago, he, he was over seven foot tall. So I suppose he fit the Chewbacca role a little better. But um, thankfully, yeah, Dave Prowse went on to be Darth Vader. But he'd also, yeah, like I said, he'd, he'd, he was an actor. He'd had roles in um, Stanley Kubrick's uh, Clockwork Orange. He played a character called Julian, sort of carries in... Uh, uh, McDowell, the the protagonist, he carries him in. Uh, yeah, it was very strange. Um, a very surreal film. But um, yeah, what I wanted to, I just wanted to um, talk a little bit about Dave because we we had a bit of a personal relationship with him. Um, and it turns out through uh, many conversations with the guy, uh, at, on the convention scene and whatnot, that um, actually once upon a time he and I were neighbors. So. I guess I'll just start right at the right at the beginning. Then, um, you know, as a kid, I'm I'm 43 now, and uh, as a kid, I was obsessed with Star Wars. And there's a really interesting, um, there's a great documentary. I think it's an Empire of Dreams, a documentary called Empire of Dreams. If you don't know it, find, uh, do find it. It's before you know, the Disney takeover and stuff, so it's all just about Lucas and his vision. Um, James L. Jones sort of talks about Darth Vader, and he says, you know, it either he, it either thrills you or it scares you. And 
even though as a child I was such a coward. Oh my god, as a child I was just such a coward. I hated horror films. In fact, um, I had a recurring nightmare uh, about the witch from a Tom and Jerry cartoon. A Tom and Jerry cartoon. This witch, she was, she was a uh, yeah. Oh my god, gave me such sleepless nights and um, really made my life hell as a little as a little kid. And ironically, it would be a horror film that helped me get over that. Actually, um, was it Nightmare on Elm Street Part Three, uh, Dream Warriors, where the the kids that uh, Freddy Krueger is tormenting uh, sort of turn turn the try and turn the tide on him and they sort of take control of their dreams and stuff and I took that philosophy and managed to somehow control my dream and sort of banish this witch however so a cartoon witch frightened me but Darth Vader never did um he always excited me from the moment I saw him he wasn't frightening at all the breathing the that sort of um skeletal face that you know that oh it was just incredible um and I adored him to the point where I remember very early on to two of my earliest memories of just loving that character were at my infant school fate. We had a school fate uh, in South London and we were told Darth Vader was going to come and visit. And I was like, oh my God, I can't believe it. Yay. Excellent. And we went to the school fate. I remember going, I couldn't have been much older than, I don't know, six, five, six. Yeah, I was five or six years old. Um, and... I remember seeing this chap and he was, I mean, he was tall compared to me, of course, because I was tiny, but, um, you know, pretty average looking guy. He was kind of skinny, didn't have any bulk. The suit didn't quite look right. I remember just thinking, that's not Darth Vader. I was so disappointed. Um, and around the same time, maybe a little, little later, I can't remember exactly, but, um, th so there's a massive, uh, toy store in, uh, central london on regent street called hamley's um i'm sure most people are familiar with it it's a, it's you know world famous it's kind of like the toy equivalent of harrods i suppose and um there was going to be a darth vader um appearance at at hamley's and so i remember we'd been to my because i was raised by my grandparents they uh, my, i managed to convince my grandfather one saturday to take me to hamley's and i had my darth vader vintage action figure it wasn't vintage then he was new even though i'd broken the lightsaber and the cape was long gone and he had loose limbs and stuff so it was kind of like kind of looked like a naked darth vader actually you should check out that figure it's very unusual without the cape um anyway uh and i so i had my action figure in in hand and we'd just been to see some family up in north london and then on the way back we we swung past swung past regent street and uh yeah we just drove through town to get to the other side of town and uh and and stopped by uh hamley's and there he was darth vader and i was like oh my god that looks like darth vader there was a massive crowd oh, by massive i suppose it's not massive compared to today's standards i mean this is we are talking early 80s here mid 80s um it was, you know, but there was a crowd. I was unfortunately a few people deep, so it's difficult to see exactly. I remember getting on top of my grandfather's shoulders, and he and he, we stood there, and I could see Darth Vader um, in the suit, and he looked like the guy. Now, was that Prowse? Uh, who knows? Probably, probably not. Actually, um, probably not. Uh, but it certainly looked like the real deal. You know, it looked like the, do you remember Blue Peter, um, British children's uh, TV show? 
and uh, all the Star Wars guys would go on there. Even you know Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher had been on there. I don't know if Harrison Ford went on there, but um, Anthony Daniels, uh, the R2, I don't know if Kenny Baker was in the uh, R2D2 suit, but you know all these characters had, had been on on that show. I'm sure Vader was on there as well. And and it looked you know the real deal. Uh, it looked screen used. Although I do know that there was a um, later there was a uh, there was a specific um actor and i've forgotten his name now i'm really sorry but uh there was a performer a suit performer who went around in who did public appearances only in the vader suit but i think this was in the u.s only so i don't know if it happened here as well but uh or if he you know traveled around the world i can't remember my memory is a bit bad but um i know that that was a separate thing but um this thing looked like the real deal so obviously to me i'm like Okay, that's that's Darth Vader, and at this point, I had no idea who David Prowse was. I didn't know that there was a, you know, a British bodybuilder inside that suit. You know, um, did I think that it was Sebastian Shaw, who's the unmasked Darth Vader at the end of Return of the Jedi, inside the suit? Maybe, yeah, probably at that age. Uh, maybe I thought that's what he looked like. But you know, those were my earliest memories of that character, and I was absolutely obsessed with him because star wars was a christmas film you know i know we're coming up to christmas now and back then it was on tv every christmas it seemed um and so i'd been obsessed since that point now it wouldn't be until quite some time later that i would learn that uh there was a a british man inside the suit called uh dave prouse now for the longest time i knew the name as an adult but i didn't you know, I'd never met him. I don't think I'd ever seen him. And then I started, I went to a comic convention. And it was one of the first times I went to a convention. It was here in London. Uh, I think it must have been 2013, perhaps. So 2013-ish, 12 or 13, I can't remember now. Um, and it was the first time I'd ever been to something like this. And I saw an area at the back. I didn't really know what to do. You know, it was when I met Margot Kidder as well. And I had to ask the guy, so what do I do here? You know, I queued up not really knowing what was happening. And the guy was like, oh, you you give me 15 pounds or 30 pounds or whatever it was. And, and you can have this photograph and she'll go and sign it for you. I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. All right, let's, let's yeah. Yeah, let's do that then. Um, and, but there was a there was an area, like a wall, and it just had all... Star Wars people, and it was all original trilogy guys. And I, I looked over, and I was like, oh, "That's Kenny Baker. Oh, that's um, I think Peter Mayhew was there. Um, a whole bunch of people." And there was Dave Prowse, and I saw him sat there, and he was signing autographs and stuff. And there were loads of people around, so I sort of, kind of, um, sort of shuffled my way around to the side, so I'm sort of um, facing down the line of tables, and I could see, you know, each person. So I was just interested to see what this whole thing was like. I was like, wow, all these people are queuing up and chucking money at these uh, actors, and and they're signing these pictures, and they're all having conversations. I was like, this is awesome. Um, it's really interesting. So I just kind of a bit like a fly on the wall, just watched, and then Dave. Perhaps he looked big anyway, you know, he was quite big. And But then he got up, and uh, this I wasn't expecting. I saw him grab a crutch, and he started, you know, walking with the aid of this crutch, sort of rather slowly, and making his way out of, um, out of the, from behind the table. So I guess he was going on a break or something. And my heart broke. I was like, oh gosh, and that's, that was the realization that we were all old. You know, I wasn't that six-year-old kid anymore. 
I was a 30-something-year-old guy uh, looking at his um, idols, you know, all these characters that he... Uh, well, and, they, and they, you know, they appeared... Uh, the characters, I, I knew the actors, but, you know, the association between the actor and the character, you know, is unbreakable. It's just, uh, you know, one, one is synonymous with the other. It, it, they just went so hand in hand that I would always just say, there's Kenny Baker, that's R2-D2. There's David Prowse, that's Darth Vader. You know, there's Peter Mayhew, that's Chewbacca. Uh, and so on. And and it was, um, but it was heartbreaking seeing the reality of the effects of age and, and time, really. You know, um, Father Time punishing the people that I, I loved, really. Um and I'm sure we've all felt that at some point. I mean, when I say I, I, I loved, I mean, I didn't know him personally at that at that point. I grow to know him uh, over the subsequent years. But, uh, you know, it was, um, yeah, it was kind of heartbreaking. So I went away from that thing, you know, with a bit of a realization, this sort of uh, a whole new perspective on things. And then a couple of years later, we'd, so by this, so about a year or two later, um, I was on the convention circuit myself with my wife Arthi she was signing for uh, initially you know for Guardians of the Galaxy and Harry Potter and whatnot and then once uh, episode 7 Star Wars episode 7 came out you know she would be signing for uh, those characters and whilst doing that whilst going on that journey uh, we got we got to know um, a lot of our fellow signers and and Dave Prowse was one of those guys. Now, basically, she Artie was signing at a convention for Rocket Raccoon. This is just before the new Star Wars came out. And I had a commission. I was drawing, uh, I was making this drawing, and it's still one of my favorite, actually, of Vader called Destiny. And I'd written a whole sort of almost like a fan fiction-y type reinterpretation of the scene from Empire Strikes Back to it. Um you know, in in the in the lenses of Vader, I'd drawn the silhouette of Luke and stuff. And you know, I, I really love this piece. It was a it was an it's a really nice um drawing, if I do say so myself, because I, I don't often I don't often think highly of my own stuff. But this uh, I was quite proud of this piece, and it was a commission for uh, that this chap um uh, that that this guy had uh you know he he'd asked me to make for a friend of his and the sentiment was really beautiful and stuff so you know he added even more to the thing and i said to him do you know what i'm going to be at this convention and um dave prouse the original actor is going to be there uh do you want me to get his signature for you and he said yeah that would be great so i i basically i took a print i made a small print for a friend of mine of that same piece and i took both with me and i was like okay when i have a moment to spare i'm gonna run downstairs and i'm gonna ask uh the darth vader to give me an autograph and i went down there i think it was on the saturday and it was incredibly busy um it was incredibly busy so i waited a bit and i thought no I, I waited in the queue and i and i got up to you know i got up to his table and i and i asked because again i was still reasonably new to this sort of thing and so asked, oh can i have two signatures please uh, one on each of these and uh, you know and I gave it I pointed out roughly where and, and he said oh you can have as many as you want as long as you're paying and that was it and I remember thinking gosh that's a bit that's a bit rude so like my my perception then was broken again uh, you know it sort of jolted me I was like oh uh, okay 
So I handed over the money and, and he gave me the signatures and I sort of walked away feeling a little despondent. I was like, oh, I remember saying to Arti, I was like, oh, he, he didn't seem too interested. And I'm trying to think what time of day it was. And I think it might have been towards the end of the day. And, and I'll get to what I think. That the, okay, well, I'll get to it now, actually. The reality, I think, is basically the, these comic conventions, these signing sessions and stuff, they can be quite grueling, especially for somebody of um, Prowse's caliber, right? Um, he was constantly busy. Every time I would see him at subsequent shows, um, you know, a handful of times a year or whatever, uh, he was always busy. Um, he might have some lulls here and there, but there were always people clambering and he would always talk to them and he would always spend a lot of time with them um, and just constantly signing. He was just, he, he said, you know, I think his manager once told me that he's happiest when, while signing. Uh, and so I get it. He was probably exhausted and, and maybe a bit fed up or whatever uh, by that point in the day. Cause he was, he, you know, he, he wasn't young at this point, you know, he, he was getting on, right. He was in his, uh, this point he was in his late 70s so yeah naturally he's probably tired so anyway the next day because it was a weekend long convention um we were walking around and uh and it was at the end of the show i think and um and dave was sat there so we went and saw a couple of people arty said hello to some of the people that she knew um and we saw dave press and said hello oh, this is dave press so i i just went up back up to him and said hi um you know thanks for signing my pictures yesterday and stuff, the drawings. Um, oh, this is my wife, Arti. She, you know, and then I introduced the two. And he was absolutely incredible. He he obviously didn't remember anything from the previous day. I mean, the, the God, the, you know, the hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of people that he, he meets, you know. Uh, I'm not surprised he didn't remember me at all. But, uh, you know, um, he was absolutely lovely. And we started talking and it turned out that during those formative years, when I was five or six years old, Dave Prowse was basically my neighbor. Um, he lived on, if I remember correctly, it was, uh, well, okay, I won't mention the name of the road, but it was literally a stone's throw, less than a five minute walk from my home where I grew up. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, we... You were right there. You were so close, yet so far, as as the saying goes. And, you know, at the, during those years, he also used to go around to schools and give the talks uh, as a Green Cross code man. And I don't remember him coming to my school. And I, and I quizzed him on that. I was like, well, why didn't you come? And he's like, oh, I, know, I can't remember what he said, but I don't, I don't necessarily think he, he wouldn't have picked which schools to go to, I don't think. I think is whatever the agency was or whatever probably arranged all of that stuff for him. But um, yeah, for whatever reason, oddly enough, he didn't visit the schools that were like, you know, within a few minutes walk of his home, which is strange. Uh, and I remember feeling really, you know, sad and angry at my old school for that, actually. Uh, you know, I guess they weren't aware, but having such a person like Dave Prowse right there next to you and and they didn't invite him. Oh, gosh. We'll talk about missed opportunity. But, um, you know, uh, there was, yeah, it was just these incredible little coincidences. And then, you know, he, he lived in Croydon. So he was still technically my neighbor because I was in I was still in Croydon at the time. Um, in fact, we only moved this year. So that family home is still there. Uh, so he, he was technically still my neighbor for pretty much all of my life. And, and that was, 
Gosh, that was absolutely, uh, absolutely incredible and mind blowing. And I would meet Dave, and I can call him Dave. You know, formally, when when you're talking formally about somebody, be it an academic paper or whatever, you know, you you would use the surname. Um, that is the 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 standard. But with Dave, I feel like I definitely got to know him, as so many people out there probably do, right? Um, I'm sure everybody that's met him has this uh, connection with him um, or has felt this connection with him and others, you know, um, and that's fine. But, you know, we, because I, and I'm very, very grateful, don't for a second think that I, um, uh, that I don't appreciate my somewhat privileged uh, position where would be at this at these conventions and whatnot, um, almost as equals. Not in terms of career. What I mean by that is that we were there, um, you know, representing ourselves and our work, and we were there working basically as 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 peers. Really, um, you know, uh, we 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 were in, we would have been invited by um the organizers and we so we you know we would get to go to the green room we maybe would go for drinks afterwards not that uh, i don't believe i don't believe i dave ever did anything like that certainly not with us anyway but um you know there was a social aspect to it it wasn't like just meeting him whilst queuing up in a line to get his autograph and giving him money for in exchange for something you know we'd we'd be sat there eating sandwiches in the green room um and well and goofing around and talking and you know and, and more so listening to his stories he had so many wonderful stories and i'm really really appreciative of that time that i had with him and because of that time i feel that i've earned the right to be able to call him by his first name and 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 you know dave as well at that you know not not david not the full form but you know that sort of more colloquial casual um friend in a friend friendly manner uh and he will and he was actually you know that that initial encounter i had i mean people say oh first impressions count yeah fine but you know i've learned um the long-winded way that first impressions are actually kind of meaningless because they don't really give you any real uh any real insight into anything you know into anyone you know, you go for a job interview, and you and and you you're hell bent on trying to make this incredible first impression, and it's and it's meaningless, right? If somebody's going to sit there and judge you based on just your initial encounter with them, well, quite frankly, that that's their uh, they're lacking there somewhere. They, you know, that's their um, misfortune, really, because there are so many variables, and it ne- it never gives you a full. How can you draw? any kind of conclusion based upon meeting somebody once you have no idea what they're going through at that in that moment you have no idea what they're fighting um and so i suppose that's why uh, going back to the you know staying on the um, the job thing you know you have second interview third interview whatever um and even then you know that's never <laughs> that's never quite enough is it that's never particularly accurate it doesn't take it takes time it takes weeks months maybe even years who knows um but with dave thankfully it was from the very next day you know we saw who he really was and i i remember walking away from that thinking okay maybe we did just catch him on a bad day or maybe we caught him on a 
good day the following day and maybe he is you know miserable the rest of the time and actually you know a few weeks later we were at another show again you know and we would do these shows uh, repeatedly every you know a couple of months a few months or whatever or i'd see him uh and he was consistent with that second meeting he was happy he was smiling he was pleasant he would talk to us um, there was a Star Wars convention in, out in the south of England that I was that I was attending actually for once. It was, I was the guest, and Arti was assisting me, even though she she, she got far more uh, far more attention than I did. Um, but Dave Prowse was um, sat next to me, so we were kind of you know we were in line, um, almost sharing a space together. And uh, in my downtime, I'd go over and say hey or whatever. And then I think it was at the end of the show, I went over to him and was like, hey, how's it going and stuff. And and he. And you know, and he and he was wonderful. And he had a he had a um, he had this picture, you know, signed eight by ten photograph in a frame. So I was supposed to show an example of what kind of thing he does, or uh, what kind of thing you know he can do for you when you're when you're buying a picture from him, a signed autograph from him. Um, so you're not buying the picture actually; you're buying the autograph. Uh, the the prints are just there, or you bring your own stuff. Um, and this frame was busted, so I. I offered to fix it for him because I had all my materials and stuff. You know, I was displaying artwork, um, so I I, uh, I was like, "Oh, I'll, I'll fix this frame for you. Let me, you know, sort it out and I glued it back together and put it back together, or whatever it was, and put the picture properly inside the frame." And he was so grateful. He signed. Uh, he gave me a signed picture, um, and actually, I had an item. I had a base for a statue that I wanted him to sign anyway, and he just signed it for me. And every time I'd meet him, he would just sign things for me he would just give me a picture or and he was just so generous you know um i love that because i like to think that i'm generous too uh, or i try to be at least um and you know so when i see that sort of uh, not reciprocation obviously because i wasn't necessarily giving him any well i, I yeah i wasn't giving him any physical thing you know I, I help him out or provide conversation every now and then or whatever but um i think we did give him like some I gave him some prints, actually. I did. No, no, I did give him some prints and things like that. There's some Darth Vader prints. Um, but it's just that generosity. He was never like sort of, it wasn't a, uh, you give me this and I'll give you that. There was never this sort of exchange. Uh, um, you know, and I only ever paid for those two autographs the very first time we met. I think that was the only time I ever actually gave him money. Uh, and after that, even if I tried to give him money, he wouldn't take it. He was... Yeah, you know, just um, just a real, yeah, just a really generous um, person, not only with his stuff uh, in the form of pictures and autographs, but with his time. And we would just, yeah, often we would reminisce about our, uh, his then, you know, his temporary hometown of Thornton Heath, my lifelong uh, hometown of Thornton Heath. Um and Croydon, you know, and we would just share our stories and, well, like I said before, I'd usually just, um, I would just listen, really. Um, I would just listen to his stories. And, you know, I know that there's a lot of uh, talk about his, um, that he was suffering from dementia and this and that. Um, and yeah, whilst there were physical elements and whilst his memory did it seem to fall i don't know if it's been proven that it was dementia you know he just cites it as um a dodgy memory based on old age uh yeah a couple of times he would repeat stories and stuff to me 
you know, like, yeah, yeah, I remember, you know, you you told me that, um, you know, you told me that last year, or, or I, you know, you said that, I remember you saying, and you're like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't know how how um how much truth there is to that, but anyway, um, and you know, and whilst the poor guy was plagued with sort of health um issues, he he had uh. Yeah, I think he was diagnosed in the late noughties or early noughties with um, prostate cancer. He'd, he'd had uh, arthritis, which was interesting because the bodybuilding apparently got rid of that temporarily. So he had it as a child. Um, and then all the health and fitness stuff seemed to hold the arthritis uh, at bay. And then it sort of came back when he was an adult, I think. And he had to have so hip replacements and, and some other some other procedures and stuff which sort of affected his his physicality um affected his height affected his ability to walk i think he had there was an issue with his ankle i remember him saying something about a, a, a he had something his ankle or his leg he had an operation or something which is why he was on those crutches um but anyway yeah you know he he was plagued with those things and he was he was also uh Unfortunately, banned from Star Wars events by Lucasfilm, by uh, what people say, so George Lucas, because of some issues, um, you know, some issues where he'd revealed something, some secrets or whatever in an interview, so he wasn't invited to the Return of the Jedi premiere and whatnot. And, you know, there were all these, um, all these silly little, uh, well, not silly, but, you know, I don't want to, you know, belittle the gravity of those issues, um, but he had them. And but regardless of those things, he still had massive, massive success on the uh, convention circuit and with appearances. He, you know, he had a a couple of fans made um, a couple of documentaries. Uh, one was specifically about him, if I recall. Um, oh gosh, what was it called? I think it was called "I Am Your Father." I think it was on Netflix. Uh, some Spanish guy made it. I think it was. Um, so it's really interesting to see that. You know, there was this weird uh in the late noughties there was a series by justin e collins who who also met who's also really uh seemed really nice um despite you know personal uh controversies and stuff it was really um grateful and stuff he he had a series uh called justin lee collins um he was bring such and such back so it was all the things that he grew up with that he loved and one of them was bring star wars back uh which i don't know I don't know if it really made sense for the late noughties because we'd had two sets of trilogies. There was an animated series going. Uh, Star Wars was very much there, but um, but yeah, so Prowse was in that. Um, and I think he, yeah, he, he, you know, he was in there, and I, I'm sure they probably talked about the uh, controversy and stuff. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, yeah, despite all of that stuff, uh, he was a. Uh, incredible incredible human being um and brought to life my favorite character of all time um in Darth Vader and you know even the, with all credit to uh the guys who worked on Rogue One um Spencer Wilding and uh Daniel Napras they, they they managed to catch an element of um Prowse's presence uh and his mannerisms and stuff as Vader but it <laughs> it's not quite the same man it's not quite the same um yeah press was incredible um he was absolutely incredible and uh i'm sad he's gone but uh at least he's no longer in pain and 
you know, because he he was suffering towards the end. He even though he retired from uh, the convention circuit in twenty seventeen, uh, twenty sixteen, seventeen. Um, yeah, you know, he. Yeah, you could see it was it was, it was difficult for him. He was struggling. Uh, but he still signed. He was still there for people. He's still there for the fans, and um, I'll forever be grateful for that. Rest in peace, Dave. So one of the things I do is I tour all over Great Britain talking to kids about road safety. And, but I can only, it's like a drop in the ocean when I go out to these schools. I do two schools per town. I've been to 100 different cities in Great Britain so far. So there's only 200 schools out of you know, literally thousands in, in, in the country. So I decided I'd come out with a book on safety for kids. And it was originally intended as a road safety book, I child pedestrian road safety. And then I decided to go into cycling proficiency as well. And then I invited a few of my friends in the business and, uh, you know, to get involved. And we decided it was going to be a sort of a personality guide to road safety. And I was going to get, you know, mm -hmm. some of my friends to dress up as policemen and policewomen and things like this. Okay? And uh, I then took it to a publisher. And the publisher said, well, why don't we go a bit further and go into safety in the home and safety at school? And uh, I then, as I said, contacted all sorts of people. And we, we had a tremendous response. And we've now got people like Morecambe and Wise interested there and there and with me. Uh, Big Daddy, we're going to get involved, Henry Cooper, John Conte, Cliff Richards. It's going to be marvelous.